So um, my, f my favorite form of virtual reality is still the theater. And um, uh, so I'm going to tell you a little story about waiting to see, waiting for Godot. Um, so uh, spoiler alert for those of you sitting next to English majors who say, waiting for Godot, isn't that that Samuel Beckett play with two acts where nothing happens twice? That, that's the one. Okay, so you may not want to get your hopes up too high. So uh, many years ago, I was in New York for a conference that ended on a Friday, and I had to stay over on a Saturday night to get a cheap airfare. And so the only thing I had to do in New York that weekend was to get my son a Christmas present. He was a year and a half old. And uh, I also wanted to see a Broadway play, and I figured, well, there's plenty of time for both. Um, I was probably going to go down to Duffy Square, the half-price tickets booth for... Uh, you know, Broadway plays, but I'd been reading before I left about the, uh, this, this hottest ticket in New York. It was um, Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot, was the American production, the American production. Uh, it was uh, directed by the legendary Mike Nichols. The cast was Robin Williams, F. Murray Abraham, Bill Irwin, uh, Steve Martin, um, and in addition to all that, the reason it was hard to get was because it was a limited run in a small theater, the Mitzi Newhouse Theater in the basement of the Lincoln Center, which only held 299 people. So they had to have a, uh, season ticket holders had to have a lottery to get in. But, you know, I, I could dream, you know, I was maybe delusional, but I figured, okay, uh, I'd try it. I'd get up early Saturday morning, go down. If I didn't get in, worst case, I'd spend the afternoon getting a Christmas present, find something else to do in the evening. So I uh, got up early Saturday morning, navigated the series of tubes. Um, <laughs> the New York Metro system, the early original uh, series. Um, and um, uh, so, so uh, I get to Lincoln Center, find my way downstairs, uh, and there's already this line that's formed on the sidewalk adjacent to a drive that goes through where people can drive under and let somebody off and go park. Uh, and I landed in back of, a, I think, a college professor from Sarah Lawrence and a bunch of students who had come up from University of North Carolina hoping to see the play. Um, and uh, and I, I took my place, and then pretty soon the next person in line comes behind me. It was a guy who was being pushed by a friend or an attendant in a wheelchair. Um, and I think he had, he had a disease. I think it was cerebral palsy, maybe. And his body was a little contorted, his face. And, and he really couldn't communicate except by kind of lurching uh, dropping his arm on this alphabet board that sat on his wheelchair. It kind of looked, reminded me of a Ouija board. It had letters and symbols and uh, a few words. And I just, I have to, I'm a little embarrassed to say, but I was, I was thinking, oh boy, I'm going to be, you know, standing for hours and hours uh, with this guy who can't talk. And, but, you know, here we are. And of course, we, we had a pleasant morning. Everybody got to know each other. We became our new best friends. And, and uh, everybody's, these uh, college students were, uh, little full of themselves, but lots of fun, you know. It's like <laughs> everybody's talking. And um, Luciano Pavarotti, this car pulls up, and this guy gets out, and somebody says, I think that's Luciano Pavarotti. And somebody else says, yeah, it is. And he, he came by and said, so what are you guys waiting for? And, you know, so we chatted a few minutes. And um, so finally the, the moment of truth arrives. Um, the show's about to start. The line, uh, you know, starts moving. The standby line starts moving. And so after waiting all morning and half the afternoon, um, no Godot. Um, I, I didn't get in, uh, neither did the people around me. But the line had moved enough, so we thought, well, maybe if we waited for the whole rest of the afternoon and the evening, we might get into the evening performance. So we waited again uh, for, for Godot. Um, we thought we might get lucky, uh, or it might be kind of like the second act uh, where nothing happens again. Um, <laughs> 
Except that I still needed to get this Christmas present, right? So I talked to my friends, and they said, oh, yeah, go, we'll save our spot for you. So I ran over to this toy store. I'd heard about F.A.O. Schwartz, and I got this little locomotive that was a had gears that you could see through this clear plastic frame, and it's kind of like the old Invisible Woman, Invisible Man model, except for a two-year-old. And um, so I'm coming back to the Lincoln Center, and I have to admit, I'm sure I'd never read Waiting for Godot at that time. Um, I, I kind of knew who Samuel Beckett was. I'd heard the names, kind of like Samuel Johnson or Ernest Hemingway or you know, James Joyce, one of those guys who, who writes. Um, my, my awareness of the play was probably, you know, from public bathroom walls, you know, where people, these great wits had written, like, still waiting, you know, or, you know, I was here, where were you, Godot, you know, so, <laughs> really, you know really, really clever stuff. Um, so anyway, so I stopped in a bookstore, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll uh, get a copy of the play, and I'll read it while I'm waiting, and um, so, I, so I got two copies, I got one for me, one for the guy behind me, and... Um, and I, just for fun, I opened both of them and I inscribed them, thanks for waiting, Sam B. <laughs> you know, so I hurry back to Lincoln Center, get back in line. Um, Pavarotti, Pavarotti comes through from, he's done with his rehearsal. He says, you guys still waiting? It's like late afternoon. Is it worth it? I, said, I don't know. I haven't, haven't gotten in yet. Um, so pretty soon the students are arguing about, you know, their favorite Beckett plays. There's Godot, of course. Some guy pulls Kraft's last tape out of his back pocket and is looking for some really important passage. Somebody's arguing for, you know, Endgame. And they're all knowledgeably talking about why they live in trash cans. And, and uh, you know, and uh, so the guy behind me and I kind of, you know, roll our eyes. And, and um, so finally this one guy says, actually he showed up coincidentally on my doorstep a couple years later hitchhiking up to Alaska. Anyway, he said, um, you know, the, the Irish, you know, Samuel Beckett was Irish, but he lived in Paris. He moved to Paris and he wrote in French to discipline his writing. And I hear the guy behind me sort of trying to get my attention and he starts this laborious process of, of giving me a message. He goes, the, you know, his hand kind of comes over and lurches. He goes, the... And he's like, I, R, I, S. I know I get limited time, so I'm going to not give you this in, in real time. <laughs> but, but, but eventually he, he spelled out, the Irish can bullshit in any language. <laughs> um, so, so now if I were a Nobel Prize winner like uh, Samuel Beckett, I'd, I'd know to quit now. But uh, I'm going to wrap it on with a short postscript here, which is that um, we, of course, had become fast friends. Eight o'clock rolls around. I was one of the lucky ones. I got in, so the people around me got in. And we had agreed that we would meet up afterwards for a drink uh, after the play if we got in. And so after the play, come, we came out. I saw a couple of my friends from the line, uh, but they wanted to get autographs. So we waited. F. Murray Abraham comes out. We cornered him. Steve Martin comes out. Cornered him. And Robin Williams. We saw Robin Williams. So I, I was there, I went up and I gave Robin Williams uh, my copy of the play and, and uh, he's got his pen ready and he's about to sign it and he, he looks at the inscription, which of course I had written from Samuel Beckett, <laughs> and he says, could I buy this from you? <laughs> and I, I, I sort of politely declined, you know, and, uh, he, and then we said, can we take you out for a drink? And, and he politely declined. <laughs> So every once in a while, like tonight, I take this book off my shelf to remind myself that this wasn't a delusion, this wasn't a dream, it was just a shared, absurd moment that uh, we shared with Vladimir and Estragon and my friends in the audience and me and Robin Williams. Uh, <laughs>